1: Free dessert for life at homeshef.com slash locked on. That's homeshef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life homeshef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
2: Alright everybody, we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm your host, Chris Russell, as always. And we are brought to you by our friends at Pepsi. That's right, you know the deal by now. If you ain't doing Pepsi, you're making a mistake. Just gonna be honest with you. We gotta be honest. We gotta be transparent. This football season, of course, different. Pepsi here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I'm going to be at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh on Monday afternoon. That's right. Big breaking news there in Pittsburgh, drinking lots of Diet Pepsi, I'm sure, because Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content From our friends at Pepsi. And that's right. As we start this edition of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, by the way, conversation I had with Hall of Famer John Riggins from last week on 1067 The Fan. Uh, We will have a part of that conversation along with uh, my colleague Pete Medhurst. Uh, Always good to catch up with the Diesel, Rigo, the Hall of Famer. uh, And wanted to bring you part of that conversation. Uh, As well, you'll hear from Ron Rivera, part of Ron Rivera's press conference with the media on Monday morning uh, over at the Inova Sports Performance Center. All right, so away we go. And here's what you need to know. That's right. The Washington football team has finally, for those of you that care about this thing, landed on get out of jail free, not boardwalk, but they've landed on a Monday Sort of night football game. 5 o'clock Eastern time for now. As of Tuesday late morning, the Washington football team will take on the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. I'll be there. But this game was scheduled for 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. As we sit here right now, late Tuesday morning, the Pittsburgh Steelers are scheduled to take on and host the Baltimore Ravens also at Heinz Field. Wednesday afternoon at 3.40 Eastern Time. That game still could potentially be moved again. It's already been moved from Thanksgiving night to Sunday afternoon to Monday to Tuesday, and now to Wednesday. So that game could very well be moved again, but the NFL seems to have made a last stand here and seems to... Uh, think that the Ravens are at the end of their transmission period. Of course, this all goes back to the Ravens being a bunch of dum-dums. And people don't want to hear this. People don't want to hear the truth. You're a dummy if you don't wear your mask and follow protocols. Okay? Period. That's it. If you know better, you know better. Wear your frickin' mask. Because now, four teams have been screwed by the NFL bending backwards and, and... over in every which way for the Baltimore Ravens. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, well, I'm going to explain it to you. So the Ravens and the Steelers are going to play again Wednesday afternoon. It would have probably been unfair to keep the Steelers and Washington game Sunday at 1 when the Steelers, even if that game gets played, would be playing until 6.30 Wednesday, right? And then it would have... Thursday, Friday, Saturday, to prepare for the Washington Sunday at 1. Three full days. I mean, you have to give teams basically a chance, players a chance, to rest their bodies the day after a game, right? Maybe some meetings, film review, whatever. I, you know, even the normal Sunday to Thursday tango and turnaround is usually Sunday afternoon. Monday is kind of a, a non-practice day get your body right, watch your film, prepare for the next game. Tuesday, Wednesday, practice, walk through, and then either either travel or you host Thursday night, right? So there are some similarities in terms of the time, but I think it would have been very, 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 very difficult for the Steelers to really be fully prepared for Washington coming off of a mini buy and 10 days to prepare, I think the NFL tried to help the Steelers here, Uh, and and rightfully so. The Steelers have done really, I, I know they've had a couple of cases, but this is the Ravens' fault. This is the Ravens' doing. Make no mistake about it, the Ravens screwed everybody here. Okay, they screwed everybody by being negligent and not wearing masks and by uh, a strength and conditioning coach spreading the disease to everyone. And it was an uncontrollable situation, Uh, like 18 players on the covid-19 list, either close contacts or testing positive. We know Lamar Jackson tested positive. We know Mark Ingram tested positive. Mark Andrews, their Pro Bowl tight end, type 1 diabetic, tested positive. Uh, Matthew Judon, their best pass rusher, tested positive. Some of these guys are not going to be able to play, including Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram on Wednesday afternoon. But they now might be able to play, could be able to play, if they pass all their tests next Tuesday night. You with me? Baltimore was supposed to host and take, or not host, Baltimore was supposed to play Dallas on Thursday night football this week. That game was subsequently moved to Monday. Now, because Washington-Pittsburgh had to be moved to Monday, they bounced Baltimore-Dallas from Monday early slot, Monday night football, Monday late afternoon football, to Tuesday night primetime football, which allows because of the rules, it allows Lamar Jackson to be eligible, uh, uh, provided that he passes all of his tests, to play on Tuesday night against the Dallas Cowboys. So count with me here. The Baltimore Ravens have screwed the Steelers, the Washington football team, the Dallas Cowboys, the NFL, NBC. Why NBC? Because NBC lost a primetime game on Thanksgiving night when nobody has anything to do, and everybody's in a trip to Fancoma and watching football. Sunday afternoon, Monday, Tuesday, now Wednesday afternoon. Why? Because we have the Christmas tree ceremony at Rockefeller Center that NBC was already committed to, and something with the Rockettes. So the NFL says, oh, look, everybody's home. Everybody's working from home for the most part. We're going to play this game at 345, on Wednesday afternoon, what the hell's the difference between 3.45 Wednesday afternoon and 4.25 or so on Sunday afternoon? Well, the difference is, is a lot of people are working. And even if they're working from home, people can't just shut down. And you know, But the NFL is like, okay, well, they'll be able to watch the second quarter, uh, the second half, whatever it is. We'll get our ratings, and everything will be fine. And, and I suppose that's a way to look at it. But... Going back to the genesis of the point, the Baltimore Ravens have put everyone, by being selfish, by being negligent, by being completely inconsiderate, they have put everyone in a bind. They have put everyone. And yet the NFL is literally saying, thank you, sir, may I have another. How far can we bend over for you? And I'm sorry if people don't like that. That's the God's honest truth. The Ravens are a team that they have recognized as being one of the most stable franchises. They have one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the NFL. They can't do anything about Lamar Jackson playing on Wednesday afternoon, right? So they're not going to break the rules there, but they sure as hell could do it for Tuesday night against the Dallas Cowboys, who are already obviously going to draw a big television number because they're, well, the Dallas Cowboys. So you don't want to put the Dallas Cowboys Monday afternoon at 5, right? or Tuesday afternoon at 3.45, or whenever, or Tuesday morning for breakfast. No, 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 we got to put the Cowboys in prime time. Oh, and by the way, that conveniently allows Lamar Jackson to be able to uh, potentially return. So again, the Baltimore Ravens, a model franchise, a pillar of the NFL, and one of the most marketable stars in the NFL, have screwed everybody here. And Washington, how they're screwed is, yeah, they get an extra day of rest and preparation, great. And maybe they can do some of their game planning for San Francisco ahead of time. I'm sure they will. But here's the bottom line. San Francisco doesn't play until this Monday night. Washington was going to have the advantage for the fourth time this year of playing a team off of a Monday night game, short week. And on top of that, Washington now has to wrap up their game in Pittsburgh, 8.15, 8.30, Monday night. By the time they get back to Dulles, it'll probably be about 11, 11 11.30, somewhere in that range. Then begin preparations Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And if they hold true to serve, most teams going from east to west, west to east, As in the case of going from Dulles to Glendale, Arizona, Washington is going to have to travel out Friday evening or Saturday morning at the latest to get to Glendale, Arizona to play a 125 local game in Glendale against the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. So not only do they lose the advantage of taking on San Francisco on a short week because San Francisco is playing the Monday night game against the Bills after the Washington-Pittsburgh game. You with me? Not only that... But on top of that, then Washington is the team that has to travel. San Francisco is playing already in Glendale, Arizona on Monday night. They don't have to travel. Now, they are relocated because of Santa Clara County and all that. I can't do anything about that. I'm not saying it's fair to them. I'm just say- saying now Washington's got to travel 2,500-plus miles on a short week. And on top of that, just one more for you, the NFL already screwed Washington by having three road games in a row. I understand this happens four or five times a year. Uh, four or five teams have to endure this. Washington, The NFL has made it a point over the years to say and leak that they don't want to do two things. One, three road games in a row, and yet they do it to several teams every year, it seems. And two, and I understand there's complicating factors, two, have a road game on a Sunday afternoon after having a road game on a Monday night. Washington is doing exactly that now. They have three road games in a row, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, in Arizona. Uh, I should say Dallas, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and Arizona. They already were stuck with that. And now, just to make it worse, they're playing a Sunday afternoon road game. All the way across the country after playing a Monday evening, let's call it that, road game in Pittsburgh. So they got the double whammy that the NFL supposedly, supposedly tries to avoid. Why? Because the NFL allowed the Baltimore Ravens to roll over everyone. And Roger Goodell is not smart enough to avoid this. I'm telling you, I am. Okay? Uh, And the NFL commissioner can go kick rocks for all I care about. I understand there's complications for everyone. I don't care about everyone. I care about the Washington football team and how it affects them. I feel bad for everyone, but I don't care about everyone. The Denver Broncos created their own mess. The Baltimore Ravens created their own mess, and they screwed everybody else. I care about the Washington football team. And if you're not fired up about this and angry about this and upset about this, and if you don't see what I already see, that a team is now going to start taking on bullets and start sinking to the bottom of the ocean late in the year, two short weeks and three, come on. That's not fair. That's not, uh, I mean, they'll play, they'll show up, they'll be there on time, they'll go through the motions, maybe they'll lose because of it, I don't know, I can't prove it one way or the other, but the bottom line is, I, I know what I know, it's not fair, and the Ravens caused all this, and the NFL said, okay, thank you, sir, may I have another? Yeah, I mean, they just rolled over and played dead. That's where we're at. All right, coming up, part of Ron Rivera's Monday press conference, and then Part of my conversation with John Riggins from last week on 106.7 The Fan. Rego in the house on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. All right, it is Chris Russell with you guys right here. As we mentioned when we opened up, we are brought to you by Pepsi. That's right. This football season different, as you know, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Once again, I'm heading to the Steel City, Pittsburgh, Heinz Field, where we'll have some catch-up probably on some french fries, and I'll have lots of Diet Pepsi to wash it all down. Why? Because Pepsi is the refreshment you need and I need to power me through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. That's what we do here. These passionate fans, you, me, I'm media, but I'm a fan of football, are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi is made for those who play the game. Nope, not made for Alex Smith. It's made for those who watch it, me and you. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content
3: from our friends at Pepsi. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
2: Right back here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Let's get out to part of Ron Rivera's Monday press conference before we hear from John Riggins. Good. I I would imagine keep an eye on this uh, Steelers-Ravens situation. What what do you tell your team about that and, and how it impacts you guys?
0: Well, um, the biggest thing we told the guys is just, uh, hey, be ready. We're coming back to work on Wednesday um, and just be ready for whatever happens. I mean, we're kind of in that, that situation right now uh, throughout the league and, and we're kind of a touch and go, uh, but we'll, you know, we'll be ready.
4: Good morning, Ron. I'm just curious. This, uh, there's this new stat basically looking at pass, rush, pass rushers like double team rate, win rate. And Chase Young is one of those players as a rookie who's being doubled more than some of the premier crash rushers in the league, and he's a higher run rate. I'm just curious, why do you think it is that he's receiving this level of attention as a rookie versus guys like a Khalil Mack, you know, J.J. Watt, and people like that? I mean, that's a lot of attention for somebody like
0: that. I think a lot of it had to do with the way he started. You know, people, you know, he burst onto the scene. He had some success right away, and people tend to pay attention to stuff like that, but um, you know, if if you look at the people we've played and look at the things that they do, a lot of it does play into into way we attack guys. And so I think a big part of it is his his, his initial um, couple of weeks, and then um, you know most recently, I just think the success that we've had as a defense, people look to the to the premier rusher, you know the 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 the, uh, the left defensive end position, or excuse me, the uh, the right defensive end position. Say, hey, we've got to be able to handle that guy.
4: Hi, hey Ron. Um- I'm sure you saw the Broncos not having any quarterbacks on, on Sunday for their game. In what ways have you guys had to adapt or alter the way you build or maintain the roster just to account for such emergencies related to COVID?
0: Well, you know, we try to make sure our guys understand that specific people have to have to be smart and have to make sure that they are uh, keeping themselves away, uh, you know, from, from the contact tracing as much as possible. Um, initially when we had four quarterbacks, it was a little bit easier to do. Now we're down to three and we've got to make sure that Steven Montez is aware of it. Um, you know, they've got to maintain the social distancing. Um, you know, we, we have, uh, Vedvik, the, uh, the, the, the kicker that we brought in, he's a kicker punter, same thing. Um, you know, he's, 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 he's in certain meetings. He's social distancing during social meetings. He's social distancing during practice. Uh, He works off to the side on his own sometimes, stuff like that. Um, we try to make sure that on 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 certain times, um, the backups, the uh, the, um, the the um, practice squad guys understand that they've got to stay separated. So we're trying to reinforce that uh, even more so now. Uh, it's something that we've talked about as a staff this week is that we got to make sure that these guys all understand they've got to they've got to maintain the social distance.
4: I, and I know a lot of teams or others were talking about the notion of a quarantine quarterback of having a, a guy that you kind of stash away and involve only virtually. Has that ever been a consideration for you guys?
0: We didn't necessarily stash them away and, and keep them, you know, in touch virtually. Um, we did have them in meetings. Um, you know, we, we, we did have them out at practice. But again, we've tried to make sure we've maintained that social distancing. And I think that's, that's really important.
4: Thanks, Ron.
3: All right. Hey, Ron. I'm curious. You know, football is such a regimented schedule-oriented sport. How do you help these players and yourself to deal with so much unpredictability this year? How difficult is that?
0: <laughs> you got to talk about it. And, and that's really the only thing that we've done is we've just talked about the th- situation we're in. And we try to make sure you guys understand how important it is to be adaptable. That's the biggest thing is, you know, and I've told the coaches this and I've told the players this. We can't make a big deal if, if something changes. You know, when you start worrying about that, uh, what was interesting becomes important. And that's what we don't want to happen. It's not important. It's it's interesting. It's different. Okay, we deal with it and we move on. And and that's, you know, that's the thing. It's it's like, um, you know, having been in Carolina, having been in, in certain places that didn't have indoor facilities, and so you have to go out and practice in the elements. And if you make a big deal about practicing in the elements, you're not going to have a good practice. And so that's what we've got to do. We've got to be able to focus and handle the situation.
3: And then you guys, you, you just finished, the, you know, a stretch, you know, against the Cincinnati Giants and Dallas and all that. Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Seattle, they're certainly at a different level when you look at their records. How, how much are you looking forward to seeing how much this team has grown to handle games like this?
0: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested because, again, you know, these three teams most certainly will be measuring sticks for us. You know, right now the AFC, the, the Pittsburgh's the elite, you know. But then we're going to go up against San Francisco, who was the elite last year, and, and they're finding their way back. And then Seattle, who's one of the elite right now. So it's going to be a good test. Um we'll see how we handle it. We see how we handle it as a coaching staff and as players. Thank you. All righty.
4: Hey Ron.
1: Just kind of following up on the COVID stuff. When you when you see a weekend like the NF the, the weekend that the NFL just had with the Broncos starting, a wide receiver, the Ravens going what they're going through, like are you concerned at all that the NFL might not even finish the season? Like, does that thought ever cross your mind?
0: Um Yeah, it has, to be honest. But you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, if, if something happens and we have to pause for a week, well, then, you know, then, then it's a bye week for everybody. Uh, and then we pick up where we left off. I think that's, that's most certainly a doable thing if, 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 if that's what we have to do. But I, I do think we're committed as a league to, to, to trying to play every game and then get into a playoffs and have a regular playoffs and have a Super Bowl. Um, that would be a huge victory for, for not just us, but for our fans and, 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 and quite honestly for the, for, for the nation that, you know, that if you do things the right way, if, if you, if you, if you follow the protocols, um, you can get through these things. And I, that, that, I think that's part of what we're hoping to be able to show everybody is that by following the protocols, you know, wearing the mask as much as you can, social distancing, like you're supposed to, and then, then personal hygiene, um, you know, maybe it helps, maybe it gets other people to go, wow, you know, look what they did. And, 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 and you know, this is a group of people that, you know, we're committed to doing it. And, and hopefully we can, we can accomplish that.
1: And I know you guys are focused on the Steelers this week, but, you know, with San Francisco not having a home stadium right now because of their county stuff, how closely are you monitoring that situation where you guys might be playing in two weeks?
0: Well, we are monitoring it, but, but one guy that it affects right now, more so than anything else, is our director of football operations, Paul Kelly. And so I'm going to let him do all the worrying, and I'll try to hopefully keep everybody focused on Pittsburgh.
3: Hey, Ron, you had that play in Thanksgiving uh, when Michael Gallup made the catch, was short of the sticks, but they ruled it a first down, and you had to challenge. And there's been a couple other
2: questionable, spot, questionable spots throughout the year. Are you surprised that there isn't a better way to track the football and, and come up with a better way to spot it with all the technology you see elsewhere in the
0: league? Well, I, I think there is, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll develop that. But again, you know, let's remember that, that for the most part, you know, the, the, the referees are running and they see angles and stuff like that, and they're trying to see where the ball is. And so they do the best they can. But, you know, I've heard everything from people saying, well, you know, they're going to put a, a GPS thing in the football, and, you know, they're going to have the sticks that will have the, 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 the counterpart to it or whatever. So there are some thoughts and some conversations about the best way to fix it. But right now, you know, we're working with the human element of it. And, and, and we've got to understand that the referees are doing the best from the angles that they have. I mean, again, it's frustrating, you know, for, for me sometimes. Um, but, you know, we just have to understand that's the part of the game that we're living with. And that's the human element. And, and I'm not sure if you take the human element out of the game anyways. Hey, Ron, you've talked about the importance of
1: understanding what's interesting versus what's important since the preseason. I wonder if that
0: becomes more of a focus or more of an emphasis with, with you and your team, you know, as a, as a division race heats up. Oh, yeah, most certainly because, again, you know, the, the, when, when you look at the division race and you look at what we all have to do, you know, we've got five games left, all of us. Uh, well, uh, Philadelphia plays today. so But we all have five games left. And, and, and the key is, you know, how you do each week. And so we got to focus and put a lot of focus in on getting ready for Pittsburgh. I mean, again, you know, they're undefeated. You know, they're the elite of the AFC and, and they're playing very good football right now. So we're, we've got to figure out our game plan and then we've got to learn it, practice it and get ready and see what happens. In the meantime, you know each other team has to do the same thing. Everything else is, is inconsequential as far as I'm concerned, outside our division. Because I've been through this and I know that when you focus on what you have to do, when you focus on you know your next opponent, because it's the next important, most important game you'll play, you give yourself a better chance but you start worrying about wow well, you know what if this happens no you can't control that control what you can that's what gives you the chance to be successful
2: hey ron good morning um i hope you uh, your and your family got to enjoy some time at thanksgiving after the game um Can you go back to Thursday with all the trick plays and the actual execution? I assume that you guys as a staff have had that in uh, Mm -hmm. and have been practicing for a while on that, and you just didn't install it on uh, last week, But, but how do you go about deploying What you've been working on all year and maybe haven't used? Is that just a gut feel as the game is going on? Is that something where you look and you say, okay, the opponent's been through a tough week and they didn't have time to practice, so maybe they're not prepared? How do you kind of go about that? It it really is uh, about um, feel and opportunity um, as far as
0: those things are concerned, um, Chris, And, and I think the thing that everybody has to understand is that There's no measuring stick. There's no data or analytics that tells you now's the right time to run a fake or now's the right time to run that trick play, okay? You can look at situations and say, man, if I get that situation, now's the time. You know, one of the things that we do look at in analytics, it does tell you when certain teams have certain tendencies, um, you know, like a lot of times when a team gets around the 50-yard line and it's first and 10, it's a play action, take a shot, okay? Um, But – you, there's nothing that says that when you're backed up and it's fourth and 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 nine or whatever it is, uh, that now's the best time to run a fake punt. Nothing tells you. In some situations, what does tell you is your gut saying, "Okay, gosh, we got to get some momentum. We got to do something to get the momentum." And that's probably what coach was doing. That's probably what, what, what coach Mike was doing. He was probably thinking, "If we can get this, man, it'll flip the it'll flip the emotions. It'll, it'll flip, um, you know, it'll flip it." and and give us a chance. And, and that's probably what he was thinking. That's probably why he did what he did. As far as we were concerned, you know, we made a couple of plays. We had some momentum. We had them back on their heels. And now was the time to, to, to run the tight end pass, okay? Um, we got the ball down into the red zone. Um, you know, now was the time to run the annexation, you know, the the, the Bumaruski. And so our guys just felt, you know, that's what it is. Um, and just so you know, we only practiced the Bumaruski uh, twice last
2: week. All right, and that is part of Ron Rivera's Monday press conference from the Inova Sports Performance Center. Thanks to WashingtonFootball.com. Coming up next, as we close out the show right here on the Locked on Washington Football Team podcast, we will hear from the Hall of Famer, the Diesel, Rigo. Part of my conversation with John Riggins from last week. Before Thanksgiving, right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. All right, I'm Chris Russell for our friends at Built Go. We've been telling you forever and ever and ever about Built Bar. We've been telling you for a while now about Built Go. You know, if you ate too much last week, like we all did, you need to get back on track. One good way is to get back to your workouts. One good way is to have something to give you a little pep in your step. And the perfect idea, the perfect accompaniment to what you're trying to do is a built go. They're one and a half ounce packages, guys. Three wonderful flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint, They go in your briefcase, your backpack, your golf bag, your workout bag. They can help you get through a meal. They can be a great post-workout replacement and supplement. They have plenty of B6, B12, and collagen protein, which is great for your skin, your soft tissue, your joint, and and, and hair health. Uh, And they make you feel better, and they make you look better, and they taste delicious. So here's what you should do. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at
3: BuiltGo.com. And as we always tell Tell you, let's go. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or Could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities... Dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to alternate routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, back on the Locked On, a Washington football team podcast
2: coming up. We will have a crossover Thursday as we get you set for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Washington football team. Talk to Chris uh, Carter, who uh, does the Locked On Steelers podcast. So check that out later in the week as we get ready for this game. But we're going to let him get through Obviously, the Baltimore and Pittsburgh fiasco first, uh, so we will have that. Might be a little bit later on Thursday, just to give him some time, but we will have that for you. All right. Uh, Earlier, uh, actually, before Thanksgiving, on 106.7 The Fan, the Radio.com app, I was uh, with my tag team partner, Pete Medhurst, and we caught up with the Hall of Famer, John Riggins. Uh, Here was part of that conversation with the Diesel. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Chris. Uh and and at this case, why not be Washington at this point?
4: Well, that's an argument. But there's also that I mean, you know, it's like we do this on the show because, you know, who's to say? You know, it's it's unfair to some team out there if one of these teams in the NFC East gets in at six and ten or god forbid five and eleven, those are possible. I think the best possible scenario is somebody goes seven and nine, Mm -hmm. and that there's you know like a ten and six team or something like that that doesn't make the playoffs. Hey, you know that's life, right? That's like a bad call. But on the other, from a player standpoint, I guess you know it's just you do whatever you can to get where you can get, and the only way it becomes meaningful is if you are the team that wins the division and actually you beat up on somebody in the playoffs. All of a sudden you go, wait a second, you know because. Football, to me, has always been, and probably most sports for that matter, are the teams that start playing well at the end of the season seem to be the teams that go further as the season gets later, i.e., into the playoffs. And if they could, you know, if they find themselves somehow, and they've they played well at times in, in various places, and, and I should say, on various sides of the ball, but not that you what you don't see in a good team is consistency. They're not consistent offensively. They're not consistent defensively. Maybe that's the biggest disappointment for fans, I would guess, because of how highly rated or how highly thought of that that defense is going to be. But that's, you know, but they still got a few games, like you say, to, you know, to pull the rabbit out of the hat.
2: Check out the uh, John Regan Show, of course, podcast as well with uh, our pal Dexter Manley as well. You can check it out, JohnReganShow You can subscribe uh, uh, and listen on Apple and uh, all sorts of ways in between. And you can uh, check out more in his official store and autographs and all that stuff. Uh, again, JohnReganShow dot Rigo, I-, I wanted to ask you this from from a. My my dog is going bananas. Of course, uh, from a stylistic standpoint, your style is very different than what we see a lot of in the NFL. Maybe outside of you know a Derrick Henry or that type of thing. Do you think in today's day and age, the diesel would be appreciated, undervalued, underutilized? How do you think your career would translate and be looked upon and utilized? In today's NFL, versus when you became a Hall of Fame running back?
4: Yeah, I think that Diesel would have to uh, what do you call it, uh, metamorphose into the weasel, because <laughs> you just don't see a lot of uh, you know, like you said, the kid from Tennessee is yeah. a, is a rare exception, and it's an exceptional coaching staff that will do a little bit of what you'd call throwback football. Everything evolves, and, you know, and really when you think about it, I mean, this evolution started probably 40 years ago in different degrees, but the, the, the invention of artificial turf certainly started to give way to the smaller, lower, more compact running back, you know, because of the great increased traction that you get on turf. I think that's part of it. And this is probably a factoid that not a lot of people don't know. Maybe they do. I I, I recently was thinking about it. I don't know how many rushers there are in the NFL that have gained over 10,000 yards in their career. I'm going to guess somewhere between 15 and 20, maybe more. I don't think there's less than 15, but you guys are the stats guys. You tell me. But of all those 15 guys, we'll say, or 20 guys, only three of those guys actually played what you'd call in a fullback position: mm-hmm. Jim Brown, Franco Harris, and John Riggins. <laughs> so everybody else was a tailback, an eyeback. That tells you a little bit, you know, about the evolution of the running back. And eventually, it, you know, that gave way to, you know, I lined up five and a half yards off the ball if I could squeak out five and a half yards with my hand down in the grass. Nowadays, guys are lined up eight yards deep and got their hands on their, you know, on their knees. They get to see so much more, and they get so much more time to watch a play develop. That you know, it's very obvious that that position, it's not a coincidence uh, that you know that all the really huge ground gainers come from that position. I mean, I'm talking about the tailback position. Right. Right. But I don't think I answered your question. I guess.
2: No, 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 no. You, it's an interesting perspective. I mean. So anyway,
4: get, well, getting back to what, what you're talking about, yeah. I don't know honestly. You know, mm-hmm. do you I don't think know you, what do you position you would I be would play. A, do you think you would um, have you know, a Hall being of, a of Fame bit career? Taller? That wouldn't be to, that wouldn't be to my advantage necessarily right. nowadays.
2: Right. So, you, I mean, I guess just to, to jump on that a little bit more, I mean, it would. I, I don't know, it, it would seem to me everything that you just explained and the way the game has changed, it would almost be impossible for you to have the kind of, you know, Hall of Fame career that you did, just because I don't know if you'd be given that opportunity, even as good as you were, Rigo. Uh, I don't know if you'd be given the opportunity. It drives me crazy when, you know, I like Scott Turner and all that. Uh, They don't want to run the ball. They hate running the ball. They want to run all these fancy jet sweeps and reverses and, you know, eye candy stuff, which is fine. I'm cool with that. But they don't want to to line up and smash mouth anybody.
4: No, and here's another thing you have to be able to. I mean, I I think I talked it over with some of my former teammates, i.e. the Hogs, and one in particular, Joe Jacoby. And even Dexter, we got him on the show, but you have to understand that, and I don't know whether it's by design or because of the way that just what we're talking about here, how the game has evolved away from mono-e-mono football, you might say. They've really sanitized the game in so many ways, and I'm not saying that that's wrong, but it's not nearly the same game as far as the brutality of the, of the business model. You know, it used to be guys going straight ahead at one another. You don't see that now. It, you know, to have a to have a throwback running game, you have to have offensive linemen that can drive block. And as talented as Trent Williams was, and as Ballyhooed is one of the great tackles in the NFL, the poor guy couldn't drive block. He was a finesse blocker. Mm-hmm. He'd say he was like a, he was like a screen. He'd screen you like you're doing basketball. He didn't drive anybody off the ball. Was it any big secret when you look back on it why, you know, they couldn't run the ball in third and one, fourth and one? I mean, if was that talented, and he is a very talented player, he'd have been able to blow people off the ball. never happened. And I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying it's an evolution of the game. Everybody plays high. You know, nobody, nobody uses leverage the way they used to. Nobody uses their shoulders, really. It's a pushing-type game. At least that's what I see.
3: John, when you guys used to get ready for Dallas, especially if there were important stakes on the line, uh did it feel different th- than other games back then or was was that was that a myth?
4: No, no, that was that was for real. You know, everybody's different in how they approach uh, you know anything, but I was just telling somebody this afternoon that that for me that it was, you know, I grew up now this is kind of an interesting another interesting fact. To it, I grew up in northeast Kansas and honestly, I was a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, I, I got to the Jets, and my second year at the Jets, when they were up on uh, up on us twenty eight to nothing at the end of the first quarter, I went, I don't think I'm a Dallas fan anymore. <laughs> and so, you know, all these years go by, but the one thing you got to give Dallas credit for back then, they had, you know, the very thing Al Davis was always going for, you know, excelling, like you know, excellence. What his kind of motto was, I can't remember the whole thing, but. Dallas, if you beat Dallas and you played well against Dallas and you ran the ball well against Dallas, you kind of felt like, all right, all right, I'm getting somewhere. You know, they were the team. It wouldn't have made any difference, I think, with our, you know, I could have been playing for the Cincinnati Bengals, but they kind of, and, you know, in 1978 they came out with that you know, their highlight film, America's Team, and kind of, you know, self-anointed themselves. So they always had a rugged defense, you know, running the football against the Cowboys. I mean, that was an all-day lollipop and i was you know if you look back most of my better games were was against the cowboys for that very reason cuz i think it was for me that was like like, like a playoff game hmm. uh back in those days everybody looked forward to it you know it was nationally televised a lot of times and you know, I was never a great practice player. I hated practice, but because there was, you know, what's the point here? I was kind of like Allen Iverson, you know, practice? Come on. <laughs> but Sunday on game day, you know, you put something on the line, and, it, and you know, it makes it a lot more interesting, probably like a lot of the people that watch football that wager on the game. It's not the same if you don't have a little something invested in the game.
2: <laughs> well, you, you got the Hall of Fame bus, so I think you're okay.
4: Yeah, I'll settle for that. All right, once again, thanks to
2: 1067 the fan, the radio.com for that audio. And, hell, I booked it and I did the interview. So, you know, I'm going to play it a little bit here on uh, the Locked on Washington Football Team podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed Riggo, who does his uh, John Riggins show, which you should check out with Dexter Manley uh, and Todd Castleberry uh, at the uh, dot com. So go check that out. That's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Washington Football Team podcast. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to our sponsors, Pepsi and Built Go. And thanks to you for listening. Don't forget to check out our guys, Peacock and Williamson, as they do their thing, talking all things NFL, uh, as they do each and every day, Monday through Friday, Brian and Matt giving you the national perspective all around the NFL, every team, every game, and move around the NFL right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. That's going to do it for us. Adios.